Welcome to Club Management. I'm your host, DJ Shannon, and on this show, we talk to artists, DJs, and industry professionals on how they're changing their community through music. You can listen to the show on any platform like SoundCloud, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts. Just type Club Management. And this is episode 57. Welcome back to another episode of the Club Management Podcast. We are 57 episodes deep. This is awesome. Uh, And I'm extremely happy, overwhelmed with joy about the outpour of love and support on the last episode. Man, oh man, um, just got so many sweet messages rolling in from um, friends and people online who said they really resonated with some of the topics that... Um, I had the honor of chatting uh, with with Darian and Kawhi. I mean, those are things that are just not talked about. And I want to create this open forum where people feel like they can express those topics in a way that makes them feel comfortable and safe. I'm glad you felt that way. Um, and I want to give a big shout out to folks from Estonia and Melbourne who appear to be tuning in according to the stats. <laughs> so shout out to all my listeners from uh, those areas. Also from Oceania, it seems like we've got people locking in every other week. I mean, I, I just can't believe it. Um, I do this because I really enjoy storytelling and I honestly never expected this, just this idea to explode <laughs> and other people to really connect with it. So thank you so much for um, finding the value in these conversations. If you are new to the Club Management Podcast, let me tell you, we've got a stacked roster of past guests with incredible conversations from uh, the Jersey Club Queen Unique. Uh, Kush Jones is one of my favorites. I mean, they're all really just so precious so please uh go back listen to the archives because we've got a lot more where that comes from um i thought i'd read a sweet comment from a user that i follow on twitter named disco six stew nine (laughs) um i follow them and uh they've been a big supporter of the show uh they wrote another fantastic episode of club management from shannon appreciate all the time and energy she puts into each show and they enjoyed the conversations with Kawhi and darian they are excited to listen to the next few interviews and i'm really happy to share the next few interviews on our mental health series uh with you all Um, this is what the show is all about. I hope that you can take something away from each and every last conversation on here, whether it be ways to improve your art, your mental health, uh, I don't know, DJ tricks and and tips, finances. That is all, um, what I love so much about this podcast. It's an opportunity to explore all those things. So without further ado, we are going to launch into the second episode of the mental health and well-being series. Today, I'm super excited to share an incredible chat I had with DJ and event organizer, Kristen Melosi, who performs under the moniker DJ Voices. From breaks and bass to techno, Kristen is known for her genre-shifting DJ mixes that pack a powerful punch from start to finish. And as a booker at NYC's famed nowadays, the busy promoter and curator extends her explorative ethos into the lineups she curates inviting a phenomenal list of talent to perform in NYC, from Tim Reaper and Nikki Nair to Pearson Sound. While exciting and incredibly fulfilling, working in nightlife full-time does have its challenges. 
there's late nights, unforeseen cancellations that require you to work quick, and crazy hours. It can certainly take a toll on your mental health. And over the last year, Kristen has been trying to find the perfect balance. The busy DJ took some time out to chat with me about her mental health journey, the problem with hustle culture, what it's like working at the legendary nowadays, and she sheds light on an interesting question. Does being in nightlife and the music world have a shelf life? Uh, yeah, 2020 was certainly an eye-opener for me in the fact that I knew when I came out of the pandemic, I wanted to do things so much differently in terms of the way I lived my life, in terms of taking care of myself. Mm -hmm. um, did you have those same sort of revelations? I did. I had a few of them. Um, I, I actually became sober during the pandemic mm -hmm. or at, at the end of 2020. Right. Um, and that was like a real eye-opening experience. I think just taking time away from nightlife, you know, both of my, everything I do basically is in nightlife. Mm -hmm. And so taking time out of those spaces and reflecting on, you know, the way I would use alcohol and substances sort of in, you know, and what I felt like were not necessarily problematic ways, but ways I wanted to change and be more intentional about. And so, yeah, having the downtime of 2020 allowed to reset a lot of bad habits, I think. Yeah. Um, so that was a big one for me. And um, yeah, that was probably the biggest one. Yeah, you know, and it was interesting to return to nightlife and be able to have fun oh, <laughs> without yeah. drinking, you know, like, and maybe I, I guess I never really realized that that was uh you know a reality until, until after the pandemic obviously when you're with your friends you want to drink you want to have um you know some social uh libations but yeah it was interesting to come back to the space and feel like wow I really don't need this to have a good time yeah I would say I have more fun now mm. than I ever ever did before I feel you, you know, you feel less exhausted. Um, you know, every the hours which are already extreme sort of take slightly less of a toll on your body. Mm. I felt more connected with the music. Sometimes I thought, I used to think that I needed to be in, intoxicated in some way to, you know, have a deeper connection mm. or, you know, the social anxiety or passing the time, or if you're not having fun, you go, you reach for the drink. Right. And it's hard to get out of that, um, cycle when there's no break like there was in such a significant way in 2020. Mm -hmm. And so having that reset, I came back and I had like the most fun on the dance floor I ever had last summer. And, you know, still staying up late, not, and like enjoying being right. Like I still enjoy, I love, you know, absorbing the energy of everybody else. And I, I don't mind being around people who are, who are not sober, wow. but I think just for me, it, it gave me such a clearer vision of, of what I was doing on the dance floor and as both a dancer and a DJ. Mm. And so that's been really illuminating. And, you know, you also, there, there is a downside. It's like you do, to be honest, get bored more easily. Mm. And, and if you don't, if you're not having fun, you're sort of more in touch with that rather than trying to push it and to drag yourself through the night. And so I find myself going home a lot earlier, naturally because I, you know, I'm either not in the exact mood to be out or I've, 
I've done and seen what I needed to see. And I think I used to be in the habit of, you know, pushing it later and later, always needing to see the night through. And it's just not, it's just not always necessary. So you're sort of more in touch with what you enjoy. Mm, that is so in- interesting. You touched on two points that I want to talk about a little bit more. One was just needing or feeling like you need to drink in order to, you know, feel like you're, you're being a part of the nightlife around you. Or for me, sometimes I thought I had to have a drink in order to play, you know, oh, yeah. somehow that took away the jitters of going on the decks and playing in front of people. Absolutely. Uh, not realizing that I was kind of sabotaging myself because the blends weren't sounded too good. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, drinks. <laughs> it, can, it can really go both ways. I mean, I yeah. won't deny that there have been times where I've been really nervous. And I think, I honestly think, I mean, to me, it's not so black and white. Like I do think there are times where like, yeah, one drink probably would have helped me loosen up mm-hmm. and get out of my head a little bit. And, but that's just, this is the thing I've committed to. And so I think overall it has improved my DJ practice because yeah, you're not, you know, things happen quickly back there. Like all of a sudden you're three drinks in and yeah, you do start to see it impacting your performance, Mm -hmm. especially on the more intense, like um, when the nerves are a bit higher. And so, but I, yeah, I won't deny that like it can, you know, I, I'm not like a, I'm not trying to be some advocate for sobriety. It works for me. So I know that it doesn't work for everybody, but yeah, it, you know, it can be nice to calm the nerves with the drink, but um, I found other tactics as well. And you sort of get used to it also. Now I'm accustomed to DJing without uh, a drink. And so I feel less nervous than I did maybe a year ago now. Yeah, Um, for sure. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But yeah, let's talk a little bit about the work that you do in nightlife. Uh, and juggling all of that, especially during the pandemic, um, you do bookings for nowadays, which is one of my favorite clubs here in New York City. And I honestly don't think of nowadays as a club. I think of it as a community center because there's so much going on beyond just incredible shows. There's, um, you know, forums, there's um, harm reduction classes, dance classes. I mean, it really is um, a community space for everyone. So yeah, could you talk a little bit about your background? Sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, I've been in New York for 10 years now and have been going out ever since. I've been working it nowadays for over three years. Now I started off as a resident DJ. Um, I had a collective a few years ago called Working Women with three other women, three other DJs, and we were welcomed into nowadays when it first opened by the owners, um, Justin Carter and Eamon Harkin, mm-hmm. who also DJ as Mr. Saturday Night and Mr. Sunday. And so that was my, my, the beginning of my relationship with nowadays. And then soon after that, I became one of the bookers. Um, and I do a few other things there as well, but yeah, I'm also a resident DJ. I play as DJ voices. So I'm there every other month. And I agree. I mean, I definitely see nowadays as, and we, we intend it to be as more than just a club. And I think that that feeds into the space during the weekends. And then, you know, what we do on the, on the weeknights as well, like the community programming obviously comes out of nightlife, but it's so important to have, um, 
I don't know, like a, a, yeah, a sense of community, as you said, that that goes beyond just, you know, 10 p.m. to 6 a.m. on the dance floor. Mm -hmm. Um, It's really important. And then it enhances that experience as well. And you do feel hopefully um, more comfortable and safe in a place that, you know, you hope has your best interest at heart. So um, definitely more than a club. And I feel very lucky to be there in all my different roles and capacities. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, what I love so much is even upon entering, you know, you get a nice little welcoming from, um, I'm, I'm not sure what you call them, but they're always on the floor making sure that everyone's okay. Yeah, um, and those are our safer space monitors. Yes, the safer space <laughs> monitors. And, yeah. And they do, they make you feel so welcomed and um, so protected when you're there. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also rules that you have to follow, no, you know, cameras, which I, I really like because it keeps you in the moment of things um, as right. opposed to being on your phone or social media throughout the night, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really special. I mean, the safer space monitors, I feel like are one of the top things that makes nowadays what it is the people that make nowadays what it is. And so I'm so grateful to them and they have not an easy job, which I think is obvious, but um, they do a lot of great work. And yeah, the no cell phone policy can be an adjustment for some people, but I do think that most people come around to it and find that, yeah, you're more present, you're more absorbed in the moment. Um, You know, maybe there's not a dark and blurry video to look back on the next day, but I can kind of live without that as well. So um, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's and I, and it's kind of freeing. You sort of I feel like I f- tend to forget about my phone yeah. and about anybody who's not, you know, within my immediate view. And that can be kind of nice because it's so easy to be distracted by I mean it sounds kind of cliché, but by social media, etc. and it's just nice to sort of allow yourself to forget about that for at least a few minutes on the dance floor. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, at <laughs> the Dweller Festival on Saturday in particular, I mean, I didn't even know that I had walked in at seven to see the uh, the Underground Resistance panel and then left at 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah. I was having so much fun. And, you know, obviously there's so many, there's so much that you can do. If you want to grab something to eat, you can eat or go outside and enjoy mm-hmm. chat by the fireside. I mean, it really feels like you're stepping into another world for a couple of hours. Yeah. That's probably my favorite thing about nowadays. I think if, when I think about it in relationship to other clubs is how many places there are to be that are not just the dance floor. Mm. I think it can be really fatiguing to, you know, even if you want to stay all night, like sometimes you have to take a break. So plenty of seating, different little sceneries, you know, you can go outside, like you said, you can sit on the banquettes in front of the kitchen. You can have a meal for most hours of the night. I think that's essential to getting people to stick around. And I think that's part of the success to our 24 hour parties, which the nonstop parties, which, you know, go, or 24 hours, it's obviously we're not encouraging people to stay the whole time, but you know, it's nice to come in and be able to spend a decent amount of time in a place, but not have to just be on the dance floor. Mm. Um, I find it's just a nice way to stay longer. It's less fatiguing. Yeah, yeah. You know, one thing that I actually spoke to Uh, spoke about with a previous guest was even though being in nightlife culture is extremely fun and obviously it's my passion it's yours as well sometimes again you can get tired out from 
so much social interaction or just having to show up, you know, because at the end of the day, it is a job. We have to be present and do our, our work. Um, how do you balance, you know, being able to maintain your, your mental health, your wellness, and also, uh, you know, give your all to your job as well? Yeah, it can be honestly really hard. And some days it feels like I haven't figured it out. I mean, the hours are extreme. Um, there's a blurring of, of boundaries and lines between what is social and what is professional in a way that can be difficult sometimes. You know, when you work, when your work is a party, it can be kind of confusing and it's easy to feel burnt out, especially, you know, the hours demand a lot from you. So I think for me, I mean, during the week, people do not see me pretty much. <laughs> I, I, I cease to exist in public Monday through Thursday. And so, you know, that just having, I'm, I'm very particular about, you know, having a lot of alone time and, um, and also exploring other interests beyond, beyond nightlife and beyond music, because it's so easy to get obsessed with it and just to spend all your time like doing music only. And sometimes it does feel that that's what I do. But, you know, for me, like reading is a huge source of um, pleasure and stress relief and a way that takes me out of the job and an, out of nightlife and out of music that can be hard sometimes, but is crucial, I think, to making it a sustainable way of living. Mm. Um, yeah, so. Yeah. For no. me, yeah, and, and the sobriety was another way to sort of um, just manage to do it all. And I think, yeah, just establishing boundaries. Um, you know, there are nights where I, I have to go out even if I don't feel like it, but then there are plenty of nights where I won't have to go out and I take those nights and I know that I don't, I, I relieve myself of the pressure to be at everything, you know, <clears throat> can't do it all. Yeah, that's very true. You know, especially that, that feeling of FOMO, like you're missing out. Oh, yes. Um, but yeah, right now I'm 31. I, um, I'm getting old. <laughs> well, I'm 33. So yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, um, it's funny. I, I think about age a lot. So it's yeah. funny you bring that up because in many ways I feel younger than ever. And I feel like I can just naturally stay up later than ever, wow. but yeah. But then there are other times where I really I sort of have like an existential crisis almost. I wonder, you know, okay, at 33, I still, my heart still might be in it and, and my body as well. But like, does this have a, a shelf life that like is coming up soon? I mean, not that I'll lose my passion for it, but I mean, who knows what will happen? But I just, I just wonder, you know, you don't, I feel like there's still, you know, you just see fewer people um, who are older than us regular <laughs> certainly they're not they're, they're there but right. you know this is a like a young person's game and so yeah. um I just wonder uh, I just wonder about the future as it relates to my age a lot mm, 
again, that is, you know, and I think that's something that not a lot of people talk about. It's so interesting. I'm really glad that you brought this up because last weekend I was out with some buddies of mine and just kind of found myself off to the corner, just enjoying a, one drink before I decided to go home. And I looked, I looked around me and not that there's anything wrong. Of course, you know, obviously we have friends that are younger, but I was like, wow, I'm like, I'm probably the oldest person here right now. And yeah. I didn't know how to feel about that, you know, like, is ageism something that's really present in the DJ community? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I think there, there was actually an RA piece about this not that long ago. Um, and they talked to a few older DJs, but there's certainly, you know, there are fewer DJs and dancers who are, I would say like, you know, 50 and up. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just, um, I don't know. I guess people age out of it. They can't, they don't always have the lifestyle that allows them to stay up late all the time. Um, Which is why I also love that we do like a Sunday daytime party at nowadays, both indoors and outdoors. It's really nice. Um, Just, just for, not just for older people, but just for people who want to, you know, spend their days on the dance floor rather than their nights. Um, But yeah, I think that ageism in dance music is like a largely unexplored topic and um i think you and i are sort of in this middle area of like we're still quite young but you know we are oftentimes the some of the older people in the room which is kind of wild to think about because probably for so long we were accustomed to being the youngest people in the room and suddenly you wake up and it's no longer that way anymore. And I think with the pandemic, you know, everyone sort of taking a year or two off from clubbing, coming back, that's something that I've noticed a lot too, is that it just feels very young. There are a lot of like first time uh, dancers and, and party goers out right now. I think, yeah, I think I just have been thinking a lot about, um, back to the age thing. I just wonder, you know, how many more years do I, like, mm-hmm. you just gotta ask yourself. I don't know. You never know what the future holds, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just, I just wonder, yeah. You just wonder who else will be around in 10 years. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm always thinking about. Who, who will still be in this in 10 years? But, mm-hmm. um, cause it's not, it's not, you know, it's not an easy thing to do to commit yourself to, to nightlife and to music. And mm-hmm. so- um, yeah, a lot of people either age out or phase out, um, and find different paths. So. Oh, you know, and, but, but a part of that, there's actually probably nothing wrong with it. Um, right. but, you know, again, these things do happen and with the world that we're living in, uh, things are changing quite rapidly, but hopefully I'm hoping that things are going into a great way. Um, you know, 2020 also showed us that there are alternative ways to participating in nightlife, whether you want to do an online festival of some sort, or now you have artists um, that are curating or communities or platforms on like NFT sites like OpenSea or Sound XYZ. Um, there's, there's a lot of different ways to potentially do this and build a community um, that can run you know, just alternatively. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited about the future, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it brought, um, a lot of questions to the surface. And I think people are eager to get creative and to solve the problems like long lingering problems that are no longer 
you know, that can no longer be ignored. Like I'm seeing a lot of initiative, I feel like in terms of getting producers paid, Mm. you know, according to how many DJs play their tracks. Like, I feel like that's like one of the biggest thing trends I'm seeing right now. And so Mm. I think it, it kicked a lot of people into gear and people are getting creative and hopefully it'll just mean better things for the future. Mm-hmm. Look, I am so for it. I'm so for a future where artists, creatives of any sort don't have to feel like they're participating in this, like, I hate to call it just like hustle culture. I hate oh, hustle culture. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm so against it in all forms and all ways. Um, you know, my sister, we were actually having a conversation about this this morning. And she was saying, well, you know, you should think of hustle culture in two different ways. Obviously, one way can be, you know, you're hustling around all these different streams of income trying to make ends meet. But it can also mean that you're trying to um, establish different passive avenues of income so that you don't have to work so much. But that Mm -hmm. also takes a lot of work to establish. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely, you know, we we were thinking about mental health. And the the first thing that came up for me was this idea of hustle culture. Mm -hmm. And so much of that, I feel like, doesn't always even relate back to um, income and and money, which I think is where a lot of the burnout can come from too. Just Mm -hmm. this need to constantly be producing content or finding different avenues of income. And all while, you know, doing what you love and then, and then sometimes I find it can build resentment towards the thing you love most. And so, because it no longer feels as pure. Right. And so, yeah, I would, I would like to come out against hustle culture again as well too. I feel like, I feel like also I'm at a point where I, I did that for a long time and I, I think I glorified it and, um, I no longer feel like it's worth sacrificing like my well being just you know to to do these I mean I I recognize that like I am in a very privileged position to have like a steady full-time job but I I'm not impervious to the pressures of 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 hustling um I think no one in music or any creative uh community is so Mm -hmm. yeah but I think you mentioned something really nice before is that with your work with nowadays, this is something that you love and you're so fortunate to be uh, doing this full time. Um, I'm a full time blogger outside of DJ and podcasting. And that's something I absolutely love. And I don't think there's anything wrong in um, having stable income and still trying to DJ, still trying to do your your side hustles uh, because a part of that financial stability allows you to then pour back into the art that you love so much because you don't necessarily have to worry about making ends meet all the time, you know? And I think that's, that's something that I really want to stress to other creatives is, you know, there's, you should have no fear in potentially getting a full-time job to support you and your financial well-being. um, And, you know, having that stop what you're doing with your side hustle. I think the two can coexist pretty much. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, I was going to ask you about your take on social media, because that has been something that's uh, come up with other, you know, previous guests. And just by looking at your social media, I don't see you on there very much. And I'm wondering if that is intentional. Um, (laughs) yeah, I think, um, social media, I mean, I, I think it's given us a lot and Mm -hmm. I think, 
you know, I've connected with a lot of great people who I otherwise would never have met through social media. There is a sense of, I don't know if I want to say international community, but maybe an international scene. Mm. Um, And it's a great way to connect with people who, you know, aren't in your um, immediate circle, but I, I struggle with social media, honestly. I, I think I still don't feel fully free to express myself on social media just because I, I don't know. Um, you just, I don't know, you want, it's, it can be vulnerable to be mm-hmm. exactly who you are um, right. in front of strangers. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I kind of consider myself it's funny you say it seem, you seem it seems like I'm not on there that much because I'm like, oh, I'm addicted to social media. I'm always <laughs> on there. But I guess I don't post as often. And I, I have been intentional about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I'm, you know, just like everyone, I'm susceptible to the addiction of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, especially as it relates to our work as creatives, it can feel like if you're not getting validated on social media does it even does it even matter sometimes or who is listening or who who's watching like what are we doing this for I feel like DJing in particular you know you need an audience to do that like you need listeners um and so I've tried to sort of train my maybe untrain myself to feel um like my value is wrapped up in in social media mm-hmm. my yeah. value as a as a poster or whatever but I don't think it's all bad but I I do think it's also I mean I'm certainly not the first to say this but I just think the way in which we like subconsciously compare ourselves to others on social media I mean there's always going to be someone more successful than you mm-hmm. or whatever and I think that whether we realize it or not that sort of sinks sinks in and I think we internalize um, internalize a sense of value to like success on social media in a way that I'd like at least personally to push back against. So for me, social media is a way to connect with people. I think, you know, obviously I use it to promote myself as well, but um, yeah, I try not to, I try not to feel pressure to like push out content every day. Right. I'd like it to be intentional and special. I mean, I feel the same way lately with like, a DJ mix, for example, I just feel like there's so we're inundated with content constantly. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm going to post something or share something, then it, it really needs to be something meaningful. Otherwise mm-hmm. I feel like I'm just adding to adding, adding to nothing basically. Mm-hmm. And just clogging up people's feeds with, with unnecessary content. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm overthinking it, but I, I just, I want it to be intentional. Right. everything I share. Yes, I am also the same way. I had a little bit of anxiety, actually, um, when everything was shut down, and we had to stay at home, because mm. I was, um, you know, on Twitch, DJing, and 
found myself, you know, creating a nice little community on there, but I always felt like I had to be tapped in and telling people what I was doing. And Mm -hmm. there came a point where I had a fear, like, well, if I'm not on there, they're going to think I'm not doing anything, you know? Yeah. Um, which is a problem in and of itself. So now I'm actually sort of scheduling when I need to go on social media. Um, and again, being intentional about what to post, whether I'm posting for a mix or obviously for the podcast I'm on there, but I try not to spend so much uh, time, mm-hmm. even though, you know, sometimes when you have a little bit of downtime, uh, you want to pop on there on your phone, but, um, it's definitely a, an ongoing challenge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think setting up the boundary with like a time limit and intentional times time frames is really, really smart. Mm-hmm. But I think I think what you say about you know if you're not on there, people think you've you know disappeared or whatever. There, that is that sense of that is the part of hustle culture to me that is the most difficult it's like you feel I know I'm not alone in feeling this but like if you're not constantly putting out some sort of content for people to you know potentially devour in two minutes and and never think about again um then it feels like you're not you know participating or staying relevant whatever that means Mm -hmm. and I think that is just something that's really good to push against and I think, I think, you know, I've been thinking about promoting the ways in which I rest or take downtime or, you know, like having that be part of the picture of, of like what an artist is and what an artist does and how crucial, at least for me, downtime, especially in between, in between projects is so necessary. Yeah. I no longer can go from back to back things anymore. The way I used to be able to, I need a lot more time in between things. And so, and I want, you know, I think I wish someone would have told me that it's okay to rest when I was younger. Mm. And so, you know, I sometimes I think like, well, what if I documented the ways in which I rest today on my DJ social media? But yeah, um, yeah I haven't done that yet, but. Wow, what? What? you should, I think. <laughs> Honestly, I think so many um, DJs, producers could really use this type of advice because, you know, we're tapped in, especially now because, um, you know, we're still kind of going through this pandemic. Everyone's always tapped into their phones, their computers. You just have to put it down and disconnect. And there's there's so much um, creative restoration that can happen in that period that when you do go back to DJing or producing, you have more ideas because, you know, you were able to relax and, and just take exactly. your uh, mind away from it for a little bit, you know? That's exactly. So important. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can't constantly pull from the same source without, I think of it like refilling the well, like you have to, that's what rest and downtime in between is. It's sort of um, refilling the source that I'm pulling from. You know, you get drained in after you're finished with something. And, and even, even online, I think there is a sense of FOMO, you know? Um, That's very true. Yeah. So, oh man, that's so amazing. I love this conversation so much. (laughs) (laughs) This is so awesome. Um, Well, wrapping up here, um, what do you actually produce music or do you make music as well? I, I don't, I've always toyed with the idea and I think what brought me to DJing and my love of music was a desire 
to make music. I think um, I have to be honest, I feel I feel like I'm consumed still by DJing and I'm still so curious about it. And I feel like I still have so much to learn and develop that I don't know how people do it. DJing and producing it. I feel like you have to be of two minds and and sort of multitask really well. But um, maybe one day, but for now, just a DJ. that's how I feel too I think it requires a a real just sharp level of um, you know concentration that I don't necessarily have right now (laughs) but I would love to learn in the future Um, but any exciting projects that you have coming up that you can share with us Um, yeah I mean right now in New York I'm mostly playing it nowadays so I'll be there on um, May 13th again for my residency and then I have a few tours in Europe coming up which I'm excited about um yeah so hopefully people can catch me there this summer (laughs) we're coming out of the interview between me and DJ Voices Kristen Malosi is her name another incredible episode in the books I really loved what Kristen said about having that internal conflict between creative life and maturity and growth, which is something that I'm um, I'm currently going through. Um, I love everything that's happening in my life um, so far. But, you know, as we hit our 30s, for all my 30-somethings that are listening to this show, you feel this increased pressure to, you know, hit all those uh, society expectations of your age. And you struggle to balance that with your inner childlike wonder of exploring your interests, right? But adulting comes first when you have rent to pay for or you have food to put on a table. And for my people who are doing this, who have kids and families, that is a priority. So um, obviously there are people out here like Kristen and so many other folks that are doing this full time. Um, folks that do have families as well that support their family off of DJing or Uh, any kind of creative endeavor for that matter. Um, But you have all those thoughts that come to your head like, man, should I be out, you know, dancing past 12 a.m. at 30 something? Or yeah, if you have kids, should I be out on the dance floor and not at home? Those are all things that, I mean, I don't have kids, but all things that I wonder as I get older, you know, if, if if I continue DJing, you know, can I do it as much as um, I would do now, now that I don't have, um, you know, uh, a family of my own or, you know, I'm not married. Um, Those are all things that are natural thoughts. Um, But again, I want to remind folks that it is possible to do this. Um, And there are a lot of people that are on this show that are incredibly talented at what they do, DJs, producers, and they are literally providing for their families with that income so it is possible it's hard work there are going to be times where you feel like you don't have energy to put the work in trust me I know I am constantly toggling between um you know working a nine to five upwards of 40 hours a week and also putting time into this podcast putting time into um, you know, DJ shows, um, uh, my radio show at the lot, you know, it's just about 
making those actionable steps every day to get to where you want to be and just putting on the blinders and doing it. <laughs> and um, the hardest part is really just staying consistent. For me, I try to create a schedule where I block out time to get all my projects done at the beginning of the week so that in uh, you know the later half of the week, I feel like I can do more of you know the things that I want to do for myself. Um, but it's really about creating a schedule. I was just watching a really lovely podcast that Jam Supernova did. And I forget the guest that she had, but the guest talked about this concept of um, white space and like a great way to just balance all of your activities is, you know, you block out the times that you have your meeting or you want to dedicate to your podcast, practicing your DJ skills or whatever you create, you know, your creative um, um, endeavor is, and then you just literally set aside some white space to, yeah, do nothing. <laughs> and that will help you balance everything so that you don't feel like you're juggling all these different things at once. So I got to take a page out of that, uh, lovely lady's book. I think that was a really great sound piece of advice. I get it. You know, the body is hard when you get older, um, but we are taking care of ourselves, and it, it feels nice to know that there's other people who feel the same way that we don't feel like we should compromise our physical mental health to be in these industries. Um, you can balance both. And that was the important part of this conversation. So thank you. Um, this was another great one in the books. We've got one more coming the week after next, and I am so excited to share that with you. Again, if you are new to the show, please join our Patreon community at patreon.com slash club management one. That is our um, Patreon community where you will get access to early episodes. Um, I'll be dropping tidbits about myself in there as well. Um, and yeah, just great information about the show. So please join us. I'll have that link in the bio for you to, um, yeah, sign up with us. So thank you so much. Peace, love, God bless, and see you next week.